Welcome to The Racing Mentor with Jess Shanahan, a brand new podcast that will help you fund your racing career and reach new heights. Today I will be speaking to Ellery Wells who helps businesses to grow, find more customers and ultimately make more money. From him today you'll learn all about how to build your own personal brand as well as some sales tips for finding those sponsors. But first, let's hear more about him and what he does. Sure, Jess. Yeah, I uh, I used to work in corporate America. Um, <clears throat> I worked at Dell. I spent some time at IBM. Um, over here in the States, we have a big telecom company called Verizon. I think you guys might have some different things over there. Uh, but I've worked at some major companies in sales and connecting with people across the, uh, across the United States anyway and selling them products, uh, computer, server, solutions, those kinds of things. And then I started my own business. And that's how you and I connected. I I leveraged the training that I got in corporate America into helping people start and build and grow their businesses because I realized that those big companies trained me and gave me a lot of – a lot of not just ideas, but tools on how to how to do business that a lot of people didn't understand. So now I take that what I call a corporate education. Now I take that corporate education and I help as many people as I can have a successful business so they don't have to go back into a concrete and steel building and and you know trade five working days for two days off and just I want them to be happier because I used to be miserable, but uh, much, much happier now, and I want people to live happier too. Does that work? Does that help? Yeah, that's great. I, it's interesting because your story is very similar to mine because I gave up what was on paper a dream job just to go off and do my own thing. Because like you say, you don't want to just trade this time sitting in an office for those two days off. It should be more balanced than that. And um, Yeah, I mean, we can we can do crazy things if if we want to try to figure out how to do that. If we sit down... There's somebody out there for everyone who is listening. There's someone out there doing what you want to do eventually, and we just have to have the creativity or the discipline to to go after it. And um, I'm glad you you made that that choice. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's really relevant to racing drivers as well because this education that you got in in corporate America allowed you to kind of go on and do your own thing and start your own business. Um, and I think a lot of racing drivers need to start thinking like that as well because they are a brand and they need to sell themselves as such. So Absolutely, absolutely. How, how did you kind of make that mindset switch from employee to entrepreneur? You know, I think it was. It took a long time for me. I, I didn't grow up thinking I wanted to be a business owner. In fact, even, even in the last five years, which actually – Um, we're recording this mid January at the end of January here in 2017, it will be five years since I started my blog, which led to ultimately this conversation and me owning a business. So I didn't grow up, you know, selling uh, like lemonade on the side of the street or something like that. As a kid, I didn't ever consider myself, uh, as an entrepreneur, I liked technology. I got to work at Dell. I got to talk about technology and like you, it's, on paper, uh, that seemed like a really awesome job, and and for a while it was, and then things started to change. 
Um, but I think the mindset shift shifts really started to happen for me, Jess, when I started br- focusing on personal development that was outside of the corporate structure. You know, at any in any job they do onboard training. You know, here's here's our systems. Here's how do you ring people up. Here's how you fold the clothes. Here's how you tally the sheets or whatever. And uh, once, as long as I was doing that, I was, I was fine. I was getting indoctrinated into the way that, that these companies wanted me to do things. But then I started reading books by Dave Ramsey, John Maxwell, people who are just these mega brands on leadership and small business and how to do things in a better way. And over time, I started seeing that these books need to have kind of a, a warning label on them saying, caution, you, you're, if you read this, your life is not going to be the same afterward. And from, it, wasn't, it wasn't a quick shift, this mindset shift into being the business owner. It was, it was a slow one, and, I, and I'm fairly certain it started with, um, with personal development. Okay, interesting. And I, I know what you do is obviously quite different to the, the job of going out and racing cars, but the, the business side is, is very similar. And I, I hark on about this all the time. Um, so what advice would you have for someone who is aiming for a goal, which, you know, might be to race at some prestigious race somewhere? What advice would you give them on aiming for that goal, but also trying to think of what they do in a more business-like way rather than a really serious hobby or a pipe dream that's never going to happen? Well, I think that's a big distinction right there, Jess. Everybody out there that's listening to this has to figure out, do they want, do you want to race as a hobby or do you want to make money doing it? Because if you don't, if, if you want it to just be a hobby, first, that's fine. I mean, you can have a lot of fun doing that um that, that that's a, that's a wonderful thing to do but if you want to make a business out of it and you want to get to the highest levels you have to start thinking as if you are already there uh someone might say oh begin with the end in mind i think that's an e-myth reference uh to the book by by michael gerber but w- what goal do you want if you want to if you want it to be a hobby that's fine race on the weekends whatever but if you if you want to go all in on on this, do that. Do just that. Go all in. Um, if you read uh, oh, what's the book? Um, uh, Success Principles by the guy who did Chicken Soup for the Soul. Um, you know, we talk about visualization and those kinds of things. And you can definitely do that. But practically, start doing the things that will get you towards that goal. If it's a it's a prestigious race. Start figuring out how people who are in that race got to that point. What did they do? Who did they meet with? Did they have sponsors? How did they get sponsors or go after them? Or did they leverage connections? Or was it strictly, you know, merit based on, you know, how fast they were able to go around a track? What are the what are the things that people did to get where into the position that you eventually uh, want to be in. And I think that's hopefully that's advice that transcends any any industry because while you know I, I don't uh, I don't do a whole lot of Formula One or NASCAR or anything like that, the business side is why people work with me because I want I want people to focus on what they do best and then let's figure out how to to automate or or uh, um, 
offload some of the things that they don't work on. Because let's be honest, uh, someone who's behind the wheel does not necessarily need to do all of the business stuff. But as the owner, as the face of that brand, they need to know how those things work. But begin with the end in mind. Figure out the steps that that need to be taken in order to get there. And maybe that also includes a little bit of, of networking and meeting the right people. We all ultimately we do business with friends and if nobody likes you, it'll be it'll be harder to uh, uh, climb the to the number one spot. but um, maybe it's it's getting out there and meeting new people, networking with the right people so that you can have the doors open to you that some of these ultra successful people have had open to them. So do you think that networking is an integral part of kind of finding leads for sponsors? Because um, I have a lot of drivers come to me saying that they are going out and looking for people who want to sponsor a race car or a driver. But how, how do they kind of qualify these leads and how do they find them? Well... I have. I'll throw out a, a a link if I can. I've created this avatar worksheet that has really helped me, and it's really helped a lot of my clients figure out who is is a good. Um, in this case, it would be who's a good sponsor and who is not. And it's elleriewells.com/avatar. You can go right there and and download it and ask all of these questions. But the idea is to find who. Let, let's let me let me back up a half step. So when you're when you're talking about racing, who watches racing, who what what businesses um, benefit that that industry, and also what businesses market to the people who like to watch. So you almost have uh, a few like three maybe three different ways to approach any sponsor. Number one would be uh, the people who watch me race are the people that buy your electronics, buy your paint, buy your type of food, go on your types of vacations. The second one would be other racers like you market to people in the race industry like you make tires, you make oil, um, you make the the tools that that fix engines and rotate tires and those kinds of things. But you go into one of those. No, you have to know, and this is where the business side comes in. You have to know what they're going to get out of it. If they're marketing, you know, their their cruise line, and they know a lot of their people that go on cruises watch races, then that's a way that you can approach them. Your audience watches this, and by by sponsoring me, you can get your message, your brand in front of people who watch me. But you have to also know who watches you and maybe the size of that audience. If you're at the top of your game, you might have a million people that follow you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, those kinds of things on social media. If you're brand new, you might only have a couple hundred. The flip side is if you only have a couple hundred, you can meet all of those people. You can learn what they, what they like, what they don't like, what they need, what they want. Uh, and you can develop great relationships with you, and that's a hundred people that are lo your loyal followers. 
or the loyal customers or fill in the blank with with some sort of fantastic loyalty. But once you have that information, then you can go to a prospective sponsor and say, hey, I know like the cruise ship example, I'm going on a cruise next week. So it's on the top of my head. Um, You know, your your fans, people who buy from you. There's an overlap with what I do. Would you like me to put your brand, your message in front of my audience? And then it comes down to price or cost or number of eyeballs that that would see that advertising. But it, it, you got to have that kind of, of information. It's not the, necessarily the sexiest part of, of the business. I mean when you're talking about some of these high-end race cars, you don't necessarily want to be talking about audience metrics and some of those other business type things. Um, but again, this is this is how to think like the owner, and you we at least need to have a peripheral idea of what those things are and what those numbers mean, so that you can go to a, a sponsor armed with that kind of information. Fantastic. And uh, what about going to those prospective sponsors cold? Um, another thing that a lot of drivers have been saying to me recently is that they do their research and. They, they work out kind of exactly what they can offer a specific company, but they never get any response. Do you have kind of an idea there of what they could be doing wrong? Uh, I'm sure there's probably – I don't want – this sounds negative. I'm sure there are a hundred reasons why I think they're not getting a response, and I don't mean that to be negative in any way. It's, it's The other person is busy or they got pitched a hundred times. Or a thousand times, depending on on the kinds of, of my my point in, in mentioning that is, um, if you ask once, you might as well not ask at all. I mean, it, it's all about the follow up. You have to think like a salesman in this case, uh, and and really put what's in it for them at the forefront of your mind and on the very first page, first paragraph of whatever material you send them um offer to take them uh think think about it this way you know imagine maybe back to when you're anywhere from 18 to 25 years old and you had just finished uh we call i I always always think it's funny how you in in the uk and in that part of the world we speak the same language but we use different things like college versus university so <laughs> um, you know, it, when you've just finished school or you're about to finish school, how do you go about finding a job? And this is the, essentially the same thing. You are wanting t- someone to pay you money to do something for them, right? So how do you do that? You go and you set lunch meetings, coffee meetings. Um, you try to figure out who the decision maker is and how you can get on their radar. And there's really no difference between that and starting your own business like what I do with with finding coaching clients and those kinds of things or finding sponsors for however you would like for them to pay you money for um, you know putting their brand again in their messaging in, in front of your audience. So <clears throat> where does that person hang out? What do they like to do? Go out there and see if you can find some sort of, of connection with them. If you're just sending them an email, I mean – we all statistically we get like 400 emails a day the odds of someone seeing and then finding significance in one single email is fairly low so 
you know, reach out to them on Facebook, send them an email, and then pick up the phone. I mean, it's really weird. I just at the beginning of this call, I got a phone call, and it was it was actually somewhat important, but I I didn't take it because I knew we were doing this. But we all get a lot of spam phone calls too. But if we can have a real conversation on with somebody over the phone, I mean, the the millennial generation, which I'm at the tail tail end of, I think. Um, they don't always like picking up the phone. Well, how can you stand out? Can you send a handwritten letter? Uh, can you offer to, to buy them a cup of coffee and, and see what if there's a way to meet? Think outside the box because anyway, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, very basic ways that probably everybody else is doing. What can you do that's a little bit more unique and adds your personality to whatever message and tailor that to the person you're trying to reach out to? Now, I, I think a lot of people find it difficult to sell themselves as well, especially if they're going from kind of club racing, hobby racing to, okay, I want to be serious about this. What's the next step? Did you ever find it difficult going from selling products to selling kind of yourself and your own brand? Absolutely. And I think you all you I can tell you've you're really good at this just because you're asking um, questions that I know the listener it has thought. Um, I don't want to be a salesman. I don't I'm not a salesman or I don't I don't like selling or something like that. And I, I had to go th- through that similar transition myself because it's really easy to pick up a computer and say well this is 500 bucks because somebody told me it was 500 bucks and there's 400 dollars of parts and we mark it up a little bit and make a little bit of, of profit when you're doing these kinds of things and you're selling ad space on the side of your car on the back of your jacket or you know fill in the blank it's it's a little bit more different or a little bit more difficult to quantify uh a a price, but the the problem, a big problem, is is between our ears, and it's. I think you have to think about it that what you have to offer is something that they really need. Like this company is really struggling to get their message in front of people, like the people who are are watching me on TV or or see uh, showing up to see me race. Um, I in in my my book I talk about it being like the glass of water that thirsty people need, and I really believe that you have to go into any sort of interaction, especially when you're asking somebody for their money, that uh, you really have to believe that that you are solving a problem that they have, and whether that's a marketing challenge and and you have an audience of people that that me. Uh, watch you every week or every month um, or fill in the blank. You have to know what problem they have and know that you have the solution to alleviate whatever pain it is. Let's make it a real example. So you've got a really small business that does um, that does well, I'll use an example that we have over here. I'm sure you guys have something similar. You know, you've got a small mom and pop store that does oil changes, rotating and balancing of tires. Okay. And they are the the bank's calling. You know, they've got they've got debts, they've got uh rent on their their property that they need to pay and they're really struggling with with 
awareness. That's an, that's a problem that a lot of businesses have is obscurity. People don't know we're there. And this in this case, they're having the same thing. You can help that mom and pop avoid foreclosure or bankruptcy by getting by advertising their business through your business. And you have the ability to make that business successful and you need to sell that to them. Hey, I can get for XYZ uh, dollars, pounds a month, whatever, I can get your business in front of people who are looking to get their cars worked on. And you, you just have to believe that that you have the solution that will help them uh, succeed. Okay, so where do you kind of go from there with qualifying them on price? Because I, I've seen a lot of drivers who seem to have their pitch right and they've done the research and they genuinely have something that this business can use and will benefit them. But as soon as it gets down to the the, the idea of price and that conversation, you find that the businesses are going, well, we haven't got any budget for this. Is, is that a case of going in sooner with the price point or is it about being a better salesperson and, and pitching in a different way? You know, it could be both honestly. Um, but that my, my first instinct just is to say that's a qualification problem. Um, if you're going in and you're saving, uh, the, the money to last your problem, it's, it's probably the tactic that you have in your head that, okay, um, I'm going to, and we've, a lot of salespeople have been trained to this. There's probably a lot of training on this. Um, you know, sell the value, sell the value, sell you, you know, why this is amazing, the features, the benefits, the glitz and the glamour. Oh, wait, it's $1,000 a month or a week or, or 10000 a month or whatever. Well, that's great, but you just waste it. I'm all about working for free, and you've got to do work for free so that you can be prepared for the meeting. No money is exchanged hands. You've got to work for free in in the sense that you need to prepare and do the research and you know improve your skills. But you just spend all of that time without knowing that they were qualified in the first place. And that's why I think this avatar worksheet is is really great because it helped me realize that the people I targeted initially in my business couldn't afford me in the first place. The people I was I was targeting in the first couple of years of my business before I got really uh, serious about building my coaching business, they they weren't the types of people who I knew what they're not going to hire a coach. They're going to want to bootstrap it like I did. I had to tweak my messaging and take and tweak that targeting. If you go to my coaching page now, at the bottom there are prices right there up front. If the price shocks you, we're not going to do business anyway. So. It's a it's a matter of qualification. Maybe you approach that conversation with like, hey, you know, I've got this is where you need to have all of the information and come armed with with numbers and statistics. At least have them in the back of your head. You know, I've I, there are there are two thousand people following me on social media, and every time I hold a meetup or I get together and say, hey, let's get together at a pub and have a drink. Um, you know, X number of people show up. You need to have that kind of information. Because of that, I normally charge $500 for a patch on the side of whatever. And if I'm getting – sorry if I'm getting the, the some of the, the terms wrong. No, um, okay. I love – am I saying the right things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all – I think each driver is very different and what they <laughs> offer is very different. But be it a patch on a jacket or a sticker on a car, that's all, all very relevant. 
Okay. Because <laughs> I'm 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 I, I love driving fast. Um, I've gotten a couple speeding tickets in my youth, um, but I'm I'm it's I'm more on the outside of the industry. But again, hopefully some of this stuff makes um, makes a little bit more more sense. So you figure out what that value is, and and you don't have to lead with the dollar sign because that'll that'll turn a lot of people off as well. But don't necessarily be shy about what it costs to get on there. If you go to events or um, you know, you can see kind of like the the gold or the diamond or the platinum sponsors, and that's a hundred thousand dollar level or a two hundred thousand dollar level. Those are those prices are really easy way to qualify people and get the wrong people out, so you can move on to the right people. Because in your in the racing industry, there are people like this mom and pop. I made that up, by the way, just clarifying. <laughs> There's somebody out there in your local community that's that needs your help. And they're more than willing to pay for it. And if they don't see the value, then they're not going to pay for pay for it anyway. Sure, there legitimately might not be a budget, but if you're not at, if a business isn't advertising, they're probably not doing very well anyway. And you want to make sure that at least in a small way, they don't have to have a ten thousand dollar a month ad budget. But I mean, I spend a couple hundred bucks a month on Facebook advertising, and I'm a pretty small business, so. If they don't have that budget, if they don't, if they don't, it may be that they truly don't, and it may also be that they don't necessarily see the value. If they don't see the value, that could be a sales uh, skill issue. Um, if they truly don't, maybe it's spent somewhere else. And figuring out, <clears throat> figuring out who already has that advertising budget, going through, and who is already spending money to to advertise their business with other people, with other drivers. Uh, that'd be a good good way to start too. So it could be a qualification issue, and it could could legitimately be a sales um, sales skill issue as well. Okay, so I'm gonna move kind of onto the branding of a driver because I think a driver having their own unique brand is is so important because that's the thing that makes you stand apart from others on top of what you can offer to a business. So going back to kind of your story and what you did, how did you establish your own personal brand? Where did that kind of come from? Personality. All of the weirdness and quirks and all of that kind of stuff. Um, the things the things that would make you and I just get along or have fun at a dinner party and you know the things that we would talk about those are the same things that make people like a brand all of the quirks and the and the other things um and that's that's how I would encourage anybody to approach it don't don't necessarily shy away from all of the things that you like maybe if it's you know, too obscure, but, um, you know, I talk about video games, science fiction, all of those kinds of things in my brand and people who like video games and science fiction can relate to me on those, in those areas. And then they're, they're going to go into the other things that, that we talk about. We're not isolated. We're not just drivers. We're not just, uh, bloggers or podcasters, or we're not just social media marketers. We we have other things, and ultimately, those other things that bring in that we can bring into a brand. That's how you. That's how you can can um, 
kind of transcend these cultural boundaries and connect other other people. And here's a here's a little bit more maybe concrete information. There's a company here in Austin, Texas called Digital Marketer and they're they're a, a major brand, tens of millions of dollars in revenue and and clients all around the world. And what they found is that they started um they started an outdoor survival website. And then they found that people who liked that also liked makeup. It's kind of an odd thing. So they started a makeup website through all of like makeup tutorials. And then they found that that audience also likes something else. And they, they put up like eight or nine different brands that all tied back to their initial idea of, I think it's survivallife.com or something like that. And the reason why that's important is that they've created this web that all started from one idea. And you as the driver or just you as the business owner who helps drivers, all of the things that that make you who you are are the things that we need to add more of into our brand. And anytime in the beginning when I was when I was trying to be kind of hands off and detached and authoritative and uh, I, I didn't put a whole lot of personality into what I was doing, I really struggled a lot. But then whenever I put in all of the other things that I like and enjoy and, and the things that I was doing uh, outside of just blogging about business and leadership and marketing and those kinds of things, that's when people really started to enjoy it and, and, and connect with me. So whenever you're looking at building your, your brand, besides being a driver, what else are you? Do you own horses? Do you like to go riding? Do you are you an ex, is 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 racing one thing that you do? But you're really a extreme sports enthusiast. You know how can you tie all of those facets into a brand? Because as the driver, I, I think you're you're very much the the face of of the business. And if people don't like you, they're not going to watch you. That's brilliant. Thank you. I, 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 I agree with you there because I think some of the, the best sports people and, and brand ambassadors out there are the ones that have these quirks and that are likable. And um, there are racing drivers, even in Formula One, people like um, Felipe Massa, for example. He's just really likable. And I think that's that's done wonders for him as a driver. And there are others kind of in the lower series that I know that everyone is friends with. And as a result, everyone knows who they are, which is only going to be good for your brand image. And when you're going out to contact people, if they know who you are, you've got the upper hand from the outset. Well, I mean, if you if you think as we're as we're listening to this, think of any celebrity driver or movie star or something like that. Yeah, we might be able to list a few of their their racing times or what position they placed in. You know, some people know those statistics and they work for ESPN. And I, you know, that my mind doesn't work that way. But but largely, we're gonna say, oh yeah, I remember that guy shot a cool YouTube video where he fell on his face when he was out snowboarding, or you know, there's there's something that we're gonna remember that's outside of the thing that we want to be known for, and that's okay, uh, because those are the things that 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 people they will they will show up to see us race because. They like that cool snowboarding video, or their their child was sick, or their you know he 
we shared a video of visiting our our parents over Christmas or something like that. It's the uh, it's the it's the peripheral things that really will let us connect with the people in the in in our audiences. And I think this is important as well, not only for kind of personal brand, but also when contacting prospective sponsors. If if you're, you know, into something, you know, be it horses or, or makeup or something like that, you can go to brands within that industry and say, hey, I have this huge, huge audience, but I'm also really passionate about what you do. And then it, it, it works twofold. Not only is, is your own brand really you know, more than just one dimensional, but you have access to other sponsors that you can promote with knowledge and authority. So do you think that is kind of an important part of when you're setting your own brand to kind of think, well, how can this benefit me in my search for sponsors? I I I I know you didn't mean it exactly this way, Jess. But whenever we think about how what's in it for me, that usually fails. I know that's not what you exactly meant, but every time I've led with with how it'll benefit me, it is it has always failed. But let's give us a specific example: The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. On he, I, I think he's a really he seems like a cool dude. I've never met him. But if you scroll through his Instagram, you'll see some of the things that he's interested in. So he was at the Ford uh, Ford plant, uh, and this shows my own ignorance, so I apologize. I think it was in Michigan or, or somewhere, and he went down to like the sub-sub-sub basement, and he saw the Ford – what is it? The, the F1, um, the supercars, like white and blue, and – he also has – he's also does the um, – so he's he's into that. So that's race cars. That's something we can all relate to. Uh, even someone outside of that can appreciate a beautiful car. I've had some posters of some nice, nice vehicles in my life. Um, but he is also getting paid to advertise the big trucks because he's a big guy, and he had like a Ford F-350 um, – like custom built with his with his you know bull logo and everything like that. So you got racing, and then in the same room you could easily have people that are you know big into the big heavy duty diesel trucks. So who do they who what kind of things would you haul with a big you know F three fifty or whatever you guys have over there? These big massive trucks. Well, we have a lot of them here in Texas. Um, they they don't necessarily park all that well sometimes in crowded cities. But then you have like my clients who are hosting a a barrel racing event. So we could easily go from this supercar that no that has been like raced once and then put in a, a trophy case at the headquarters of Ford to this big truck to barrel racing to whatever else you could find you know with rodeos you, all of these things are tied together We're, we don't work our businesses our our brands they don't operate in a vacuum or an isolated environment and the more that you can the more that you can get outside of that and, and be the connector, connect those dots, the more successful you can be. Because here I am, when we're talking about racing, um, I don't really know anything about rodeo, but I'm doing a lot of business consulting with with these guys here in the Austin area who are doing barrel racing, and I'm talking about dirt and horses and things that I don't know a whole lot about. But people in the UK are hearing about this event in Austin, Texas. Okay. And when you can... 
when you can connect those, and I'm not saying I am this, but the, all of a sudden you're like Dwayne Johnson who used to be a wrestler, now is probably one of the most popular and most highly paid actors in the world. And here he is talking about his big heavy-duty truck to the Formula – I think it was a Formula One. Forgive me if it wasn't um, this, this super racing car. And they're in they're in the same uh, in the same conversation, and you can raise yourself to this celebrity status by being the connector of people um, who who would all have something in common if we were if we were sitting um, at the dinner table having a beer or a glass of wine or or, or something like that. So would you say there's benefit in, as a driver, being able to offer that kind of connection service to sponsors? So, for example, if you do have um, a sponsor who, for example, sells tyres or something for a race car, um, being able to connect them to another sponsor who sells cars who might need tyres, that kind of thing, making those connections is really important as a brand ambassador. Absolutely. Who? Um, if, if, I was gonna, I was gonna pull it up here on my computer, but I'll just, I'll ask the question instead. Look at anybody. Look at, at the people who are at the top of, the racing industry. At first glance, do all of their sponsors are they all the exact same thing? Like you might see uh, Home Depot sponsor a car, and you might see Dewalt or something like. Well, obviously those are home improvement tools, but they also might be sponsored by Budweiser or something like that too. When you connecting as a service, maybe um, like if you were actually to make that introduction, I don't know if that's exactly what you meant, Jess, but yeah, that is is what you meant. Yeah, sort Uh, of a networking business connections kind of thing. I know a lot of teams over here that already do that kind of thing. Yeah, if you held, I can guarantee you, if you had a variety of sponsors in the same room, if they're all serving the end user, the end consumer, the person who would buy that product to watch your race or whatever. If you put them all in the room, the sponsors and the consumers, there would be some pretty interesting conversations. And that could be a very informal way. You don't have to have a database and you know say, hey, so-and-so is interested in your product. Here's an email introduction. Have at it. But if you held an event and you had one of your drink sponsors sponsor it. You had one of your 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 other car sponsors, you know, bring in some of their demo cars or some of their fleet vehicles. And you had some of their people, you know, for, let's say you were the extreme sports guy, and they brought, you know, they were there to to talk about their new line of snowboarding. They would have all have something in common. And whether that's a formal introduction or an informal, let's all get together and 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 have a party kind of thing. Um, there's absolutely value in that. Um, keeping a database or a virtual Rolodex of who, to, who you could connect to that might be more necessary at the very beginning stages of your business is probably less necessary the more successful and the bigger brand that you build because that will kind of happen naturally. Um, but I could see that as a viable way of, of increasing sponsorships and, um, anytime you can be the glue that keeps two people together, 
uh, you will always be in a valuable position. Fantastic. Thank you. That's uh, the end of all my questions. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Oh, man, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know if there's some – I wish there was some tidbit that make everybody's <laughs> life uh, easier and, and get you to the level of success that you want. Um, but what I, I guess the last thing that I will, will offer as a piece of advice, Jess, is something that's really helped me. Um, every year I do a, a year in review post. I just did my 2016 year in review and, um, the, I, I, I read my 2015 year in review and I think is in the 2014 as well. So the, something that always comes up, I, I do have a section called what works and what didn't work. Um, cause I, I want to talk about the things that didn't work as well. And honestly, people really like those more than the things that do work anyway. Um, the things that, the thing that has really helped me build my business more than anything else is to ask, ask to be or ask somebody to be their sponsor. Ask if you can meet with them. Ask if they will uh, sign on the dotted line. Ask if they'll show up to your race. Ask if you can test drive the car. You know, it's it, it's just the one word. Ask for what you want because in my experience, people don't just come up to me and and – and give me stuff or say actually my first client came to me my first coaching client asked me if i if i would coach her but most of the other ones i have said hey i see where you are i think i can provide value um would you like me to coach you and i asked for the business and i pursued and i followed up and and those kinds of things and um if I had one parting piece of advice, it would be to ask for what you want. That's brilliant. That's really helpful, even to me as a as a business owner. Uh, I think I think everyone struggles to ask sometimes. But there, there's a saying: if you don't ask, you don't get. So sometimes you just have to take <laughs> that leap of faith. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. It was an honor to be here and and to to talk business and in an industry I don't usually get to talk about or with people I don't get to talk to. So thanks, Jess, and uh, good luck with everything that you're doing and with the success of your show. Thank you, and to you too. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you, as always, for listening, everyone. I hope you got a lot out of that conversation with Ellery. I certainly did. It was a good chance to kind of think about some different sales techniques and maybe where we're going wrong in our approach to sponsors. I'll be doing interviews like this every week from now on, and things will be going out on Wednesdays. The best way to keep up to date with new podcasts going out is to follow me on Twitter, at Racing Mentor, on Facebook, where you can just search for Racing Mentor, and also over on the blog. You'll find the show notes for, for this at racingmentor.com slash podcasts slash 002. 
there you'll find all the details of the books Ellery mentioned, some links to his website, to the avatar worksheet and loads more resources to get you started on your hunt for sponsors. That's all from me for this week. As always, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to get in touch. You can email me on jess at racingmentor.com. Thanks a lot and I will see you next week. Thank you.